Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. Well, as we get closer to the 200th episode, today we're going to be talking about books. I know, not the most wonderful thing, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, the episode today that I'm going to be talking about is The Tale of Scrody McBoogerballs. And this episode uses one of the best books I've ever read um, as a, a kind of a part of the re or using it as an example in this episode, and that is J.D. Salinger's The Catcher in the Rye. So I want to talk about the book real quick. The book was published uh, July 16th, 1951, and it has sold over 65 million copies. Um, the book was included on Time Magazine's list of the 100 best English language novels written since 1923, and was named by Modern Library and its readers as one of as one of the 100 best English language novels of the 20th century. In 2003, a BBC survey showed the Big Read listed this book at number 15 on their list. So the story is about Holden Caulfield, who is a, a teenage rebeller. The novel deals with many different topics, including innocence, identity, belonging, loss, connection, sex, and depression. One of the topics that's going to be talked about in this episode is how this book has been banned. This book has been banned a lot of times in a lot of places. So the story of how, you know, I guess controversial it is, begins in 1960, when a teacher in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was fired for assigning the novel in her, in her class. However, she was later reinstated. Between 1961 and 1982, this was the most censored book in high schools and libraries in the United States. The book was briefly banned in the Issaquah Washington High Schools in 1978 when three members of the school board alleged the book was part of an overall communist plot. This ban did not last long and the offended board members were immediately recalled and removed in a special election. In 1981, it was both the most censored book and the second most taught book in public schools in the United States. According to the American Library Association, this was the 10th most frequently challenged book from 1990 to 1999. It was one of the most it was one of the 10 most challenged books of 2005, and although it had been off the list for 3 years, it reappeared in the list of most challenged books of 2009. The challenges generally begin with Holden's frequent use of vulgar language. Other reasons include sexual references, blasphemy, undermining of family values, and moral codes, encouragement of rebellion, and promotion of drinking, smoking, lying, promiscuity, and sexual abuse. 
This book was written for an adult audience, which often forms the foundation of many challengers' arguments against it. Often the challengers have been unfamiliar with the plot itself. Shelley Keller Gage, a high school teacher who faced objections after assigning the novel in her class, noted that the challengers are being just like Holden. They are trying to be catchers in the rye. A Streisand effect has been that this incident caused people to put themselves on the waiting list to borrow the novel when there was no waiting list before. Um, I have read this book. I, I read it in high school. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was my sophomore or junior year. I don't remember. I don't remember what year it was. But I loved this book. And I don't you know, I never felt like killing anyone, as we're going to find out a little bit in this episode. Never felt, you know, any violence. I just loved the book. I have a copy of this book at my house. It is sitting on my bookshelf. And um, maybe, after, who knows, maybe I'll read this book when this episode's over. Who knows? But we've talked about... Catcher in the Rye, which is a big part of this week's episode, which we're going to review now, The Tale of Scrody McBoogerballs. The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on March 24th, 2010. The episode begins at the school when Mr. Garrison gives all the kids a copy of Catcher in the Rye. Because, you know, fourth graders will read Catcher in the Rye. So Mr. Garrison tells them that there is vulgar language in the book and some of the guys really want to read the book now. And they're told, no, you got to wait till you get home. So they get home, they read the book, and they're pretty upset about it. They're upset about it because the teacher kind of lied about the stuff that was in it. And, <laughs> and they're like, we could create a better book. We could create a more disgusting, foul book than Catcher in the Rye. And then they kind of talk about who would, you know, get caught into something like this. So we see Butters. He finishes the book and he goes, Kill John Lennon! Kill John Lennon! So he goes and then he asks his dad where John Lennon lives and his dad's like, Oh, he, he's dead, son. Oh, dang it. So, they start to write the book, The Tale of Scrody McBoogerballs. And they finish the book. But one day, Sharon is putting Stan's laundry away when she sees the story. She sees the, the book. And she's kind of interested in reading it. So she starts to read it. And she throws up. And then she reads a little more. And then she throws up some more. And then she goes down when she's done to tell Randy about this book. And how it is so offensive, but it is one of the best books she's ever read. So, Randy reads the book. He starts puking. And by the time he's done, there's three empty water bottles, there's a pan on the floor, there's puke all over the place, and he's like, 
Oh my god. This is an amazing book. So, we're at Carmen's house where they're playing Xbox. I wonder if they're playing uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour. When Stan comes in and tells him that he's lost the book. He thinks his parents have took it. And Stan is like, I'm not going down on this one. If I'm going down, one of you is going down. And it's kind of funny because it's like, well, if I'm going down, then Kyle's going down. Well, if Kyle's going down, then Cartman's going down. And Cartman goes, if I'm going down, then Kyle and Kenny are going down. So they're all like, oh no, we're not taking the blame. But they do come up with someone to take the blame. Butters! And Butters talks about how he's had, you know, these nights where he, you know, has, like, he sleepwalks at night and doesn't remember anything. So he, you know, is told that he wrote this book and he believes it. So the parents get together. Here are the four boys. And they ask, who wrote the book? And they say, Butters wrote the book. So Butters comes in thinking he's in trouble when he's told that it is one of the best books he has ever read. You know, like all the parrots are saying it. And there's a publisher from Penguin Books who's there, still got puke on his suit, and he says that they would like to publish the first edition of the book. And the guys are like, Wait a minute, we're the ones that did it. And the parents are like, yeah, okay, you know, it's okay. You don't have to be upset. And Butters becomes famous. And his book becomes famous. Like, it's all over. Um, like, there are people picking up the books. It's been translated into 26 different languages. And there's a scene where... It's either at a Japanese or a Chinese reading. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say which one it is. I'm just going to say one or the other. And they read the book and they're throwing up everywhere. And then they talk about how over 400 times Sarah Jessica Parker is mentioned in the book for how ugly, how ugly she is. And there's this scene where Sarah is with her husband, Matthew Broderick, at the Academy Awards. And, you know, they ask Matthew what they think about, um, you know, her being in the book and being called ugly and stuff. And he's like, well, you know, I think it's a piece of art and all, you know. And then they ask him, hey, what's that big, ugly, donking transvestite standing next to you there for? And then, it even gets to the point where we find out that Butters likes the Kardashians and keeping up with the Kardashians. And we find out that his favorite one is Kim because she has a butt like pudding. So, Butters starts to become this big, famous author. And he goes on the Today Show where... People still throw up after trying to tell their favorite part. And even though he's still grounded, he's still very popular. So the boys take this to Assembly Hall. 
and they have Sarah Jessica Parker with them. I don't know why. They just do. And there's this whole thing of them trying to get the book banned, and it, it fails miserably. Like, it fails miserably. And, you know, they try to come up with a plan, like, how, you know, how can we do this? And Stan at one point just says, guys, let's just face it. We've lost this round. We've lost. So, Carmen then comes up with an idea. How about we kill Sarah Jessica Parker? And you're like, no! Are you nuts? No way! So, Carmen is like, Kenny, you want to help me kill her? And Kenny's like, okay. So, now the hype starts to begin of when Butters is going to write the next book. And, you know, he, he tells him, you know, that it's going to be more disgusting, more vulgar, more inappropriate, I guess would be the correct word, than the first book. And I love this part because his dad is like, Butters, you're still grounded. And then Butters is like, okay, I'm just talking on the voice of a generation, <laughs> which is kind of funny. So as that is happening, Cartman and Kenny are in the woods and car or kenny makes i guess it's moose sounds i i guess that's the sound he's making and they have sarah jessica parker out in the woods wearing antlers to make them think that she's a moose and then stan and kyle come and they tell him guys you don't need to do this Butters just came out with another book and it's gonna it's gonna ruin him. They're gonna find out he he didn't write the first one. So they all leave and they leave Sarah Jessica Parker alone in the woods. So at this point I I want to talk about Sarah Jessica Parker real quick because at this point we are past Sex in the City, the TV show. The first movie had already been done. And the second one... When did it come out? I'm looking at it now. Okay, it comes out two months after this episode airs. So, Sarah Jessica Parker is still... A popular actress as far as movies and TV shows go. Now, of course, you know, after Sex in the City 2, she only does two more movies. Or actually, no, she does a few more movies, pardon me. Um, with her last one being, before her next one being Hocus Pocus 2, being Here and Now from 2018. Um, she obviously focuses a lot on, you know, TV. Sex in the City was a really big thing for her. She did a few episodes of Glee, was on a show called Divorce. And, you know, she's an actress. That's what she is first and foremost, is an actress. So, you know, she's going to do different stuff. She's going to do different projects here and there. 
And that's where I think, you know, Sarah is best at is the fact that she can do different projects. She can do a TV show. She can do a movie. She can, you know, act on Broadway and be pretty good about it, you know. Um, so she's very popular, very successful. Okay, so now we get to the Today Show again, where it is the day of the second book being released. The book is called The Poop That Took a Pee. Again, try saying that five times fast. And the book is getting so much hype. There are lines for this book. And the Today Show even has Morgan Freeman reading the first five chapters of the book. So, the boys get to the bookstore and they see the people are reading it. And they're thinking, they're going to hate this. They're going to hate this book. And then it's like, wow, it is really good. It's completely different from what I expected. And this gets the boys so upset. But then, all of a sudden, in the bookstore, there's a reader who has finished reading the book. And he's in this trance. And he goes, Must kill the Kardashians. Must kill the Kardashians. So... We see on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, the girls are about to go shopping for underwear when the kids start shooting on all of them. He even shoots Bruce Jenner and, uh, oh god, what's the mom's name? Uh, Chris. Chris Kenner. So, he pretty much killed the entire show. And Butters is devastated. He's not devastated because the book isn't going to sell or the book's not going to be you know there for people to buy he's upset because you know his favorite person got killed and it in a way it was kind of his fault and he kind of had a crush on kim kardashian as well and because of the the mass shooting both of his books are banned and at the end, they're like, you know what? Television is much better than books. And then Carmen tells him that he's also responsible for the death of Sarah Jessica Parker. To which Butters is like, eh, that one doesn't bother me. She was kind of ugly anyway. And that is the end of the tale of Scrody McBoogerballs. I don't know how to feel about this episode, honestly. Um... It's one of those episodes where if you can ignore the disgusting part of it, like if you can ignore the throwing up and the different innuendos and all of that, (coughs) then you might like it. This is... I, I really don't know how to rate this one. I mean, I didn't think it was bad... But at the same time, there were parts where I was kind of maybe taken out of it in a way. So, 
And I don't want to punish the episode for taking me out of it. I think I'm going to give this a 6. I, you know, it's like, it's not the worst episode. It really isn't. I, I don't think we've, I've seen the worst episode yet of the season yet. I really don't. Um, it's just one of those episodes that's like, eh, it happened. That That's kind of how I feel with this one. So I'm going to give it a 6. Okay, so let's talk about um, where the idea of this episode came from. And no, it's not from South Park Studios because we've gotten into a point here where they don't even do that anymore. Um, the episode serves primarily as a satire of pop culture criticism. Although the boys rode the tale of Scrody McBooger Bulls simply to shock and offend people, readers delve too deeply into the meaning behind the book, finding hidden allegories and symbolism that the actual authors insist are not present. People with conflicting philosophies, including liberals and conservatives and pro-choice and pro-life advocates, attempt to claim that the same work conveys and validates their own ideology. The script serves as a criticism of people who take such works of pop culture too seriously. Although this is demonstrated specifically through literary criticism in the episode, the theme can be extended to film and TV criticism as well. The episode suggests people are so desperate for inspiration they are willing to impose their hopes and dreams into works of art, even if they completely lack those qualities. Some commentators thought Parker and Matt Stone were implicitly mocking the amount of analysis into deeper meaning South Park itself often receives in its reviews. Others have suggested that suggested this overanalysis as a reference to the number of adult themes identified in the Harry Potter and Twilight novel series. Well, I'm just going to say for the record, I only read the first Harry Potter book, not picking up another one, and I've never read Twilight. Um, cultural references. Talked about the Catcher in the Rye, the episode also refers to the role that the book played in inspiring Mark David Chapman to shoot and kill John Lennon, and John Hinckley Jr. to attempt to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Lennon, a former member of the Beatles and longtime peace activist, is referred to by Cartman as the King of the Hippies. Now, also, John Hinckley also attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan to uh, get Jodie Foster's attention and try to hook up with her. Yeah, I wonder if he found out that she's on the other side. Just saying. All right, let's go to reception of this episode. Uh, this was watched by 3.24 million viewers, making it the most watched cable TV show that night. The episode received an overall 1.9 rating with a 3 share. Among viewers between 18 and 49, it received a 1.8 rating with a 5 share, and among male viewers, 18 to 34, it received a 3.5 rating with a 12 share. As a result of the episode, the phrase, Scrody McBooger Balls, was the top trending topic for March 25th on Twitter. Okay, I did not know that. Um, this episode received generally positive reviews. Carlos Delgado of If Magazine called the episode a potential classic and a phenomenal follow-up showing to the season premiere of Sexual Healing, which he did not enjoy. Delgado said the script was intelligent and praised the theme of overanalyzing art. 
He also praised the vomiting jokes and said he could not remember the last time he laughed so hard during a South Park episode. Ken Tucker of Entertainment Weekly said it was better than the season premiere, which he also praised. Tucker particularly enjoyed the satire of pop culture criticism and wrote, I'd compare the Scrody episode to the work of Rebellious, Henry Miller, and Dennis Cooper, but then I'd be part of the boy's satire, wouldn't I? TV fanatics said the episode was not as strong as previous seasons, but an improvement over sexual healing. Okay, I just want to read that sentence again and just try to get it right. TV fanatics said the episode was not as strong as previous seasons, but an improvement over sexual healing. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I know what they're trying to say, but just reading it, just is like, okay. The site phrased the emphasis on Butters and the pop culture references to The Catcher in the Rye, John Lennon, Sarah Jessica Parker, and the useless Kardashian clan. Sean O'Neill of the AV Club said he chuckled a few times, but found the, vom the vomit jokes acted like a substitute for actual dialogue. However, O'Neill praised the satire of people looking too deeply into the meaning of meaningless art and how easily that theme can be applied to South Park itself. Not all reviews were entirely positive. Ramsey Eisler of IGN said Butters was awesome as usual and thought the jokes about the Kardashians were funny but that the positive elements of the episode were not enough to balance out the failures. He particularly criticized the Sarah Jessica Parker jokes as flat and random, and the constant vomiting as just one long-running gag that was just plain awful. Now, the day after this episode aired, members of the Kardashian family responded positively to their portrayal and on-screen deaths. On her blog, Kim Kardashian wrote that the family found the episode very funny and were honored to be featured in the episode. She wrote, We were all dying when we saw this clip from South Park that aired last night. Literally. LOL. They killed us all. She also wrote, I managed to survive the longest, of course. Courtney Kardashian joked on her Twitter page, How rude, South Park! Khloe Kardashian wrote she did not know about her appearance on the show until she suddenly received numerous messages on her Twitter page. Khloe also said she found the scene funny and laughed at how unattractively she and her sisters were portrayed, although she said the Bruce Jenner cartoon looked very realistic. Uh, you won't be saying that in about 10 years. She wrote, even though we all weren't portrayed as the most attractive South Park characters, I was still so flattered since I love that show. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought the Kardashians looked a little better than Sarah Jessica Parker myself. I mean, I'm not the biggest Kardashian fan. Like, if I had to pick one to date, like if I had a gun to me and somebody said, you have to date one of the Kardashians or else you're going to die... I probably would date Courtney. I think she's the best looking of the three. That's just my opinion. All right, let's go to IMDb and see what they thought of this week's episode. Over 2,000 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is an 8 out of 10. 655 people gave it an 8. 433 people gave it a 10. 
135 people gave it a 6. That's the, that's the score I'm giving it this week. And 61 people gave it a 1. For demographics, uh, males, the average rating was an 8, with its highest demographic being under 18. Average rating was an 8.7. Meanwhile, with females, the average rating was a 7.7. Its highest demographic was 18 to 29, with an average rating of an 8.5. All right, so now let's see what reviews we have from some of the reviewers. Uh, let's go to... Okay, let's go to Phenomenos, who wrote, The very least I could say about th this, just another winding curve in the journey down the toilet for South Park, is that it doesn't poorly spoof a recent pop culture thing that will grow stale-er and more outdated within months to come. While it's always worth giving the sort of messages of seeing messages in trash, order in chaos, Trey Parker and Matt Stone just don't know how to do this while remaining funny. Instead, we get the typical formula for bad South Park in recent years. The adults are too idiotic to be realistic, and the kids cease to have any personality, with Stan and Kyle becoming total author avatars. This time around, the jokes involve the overly long gag of people vomiting just from reading relatively tame passages from this book Butters claims credit for, and Butters randomly zombifying babbling to want to kill John Lennon and Ronald Reagan after reading The Catcher in the Rye. It wasn't funny, nor was it offensive, when he did it the first time. It just felt tacked on and pointless the second time. Watching it the first time around produces some chuckles and smiles. Watching it again produces absolutely nothing of the sort. It's got nothing to it. It's just another and countless instances of South Park being, as they said of themselves jokingly, preachy and up their own asses with messages. Unrelated to the review, was it just my imagination, or was the title of the book something different in the beginning of the episode? I swear they called it Scrody Mix Something, and it only became McBooger Balls when Sharon picked it up. Okay, good point there. Um, Cartman came up with a different idea for the name, but it was Kenny who said Scrody McBooger Balls, and that's where they ran with it. So, But, but good catch there by Phenomenus. Alright, uh, let's go to Orbital13344, who wrote, 22 minutes of people vomiting and a few Sarah Jessica Parker jokes. These guys used to write freaking musicals, and now they just have people throwing up in buckets. It's like an Andy Kaufman skit. Everything is a message. Yes, people read things into art where there wasn't really a message. Okay, but where is the comedy? Our next one is from Salty, who wrote, I've wanted to become a fan of South Park for a few months now. After constantly hearing praise for the series, I wanted to give it a try. I used a random number generator to pick a few episodes, and this was one of them. It's funny, sure. Then they make fun of someone who is presumably a trans celebrity, and if she's not, it makes it way worse. A running bit in the episode is where they call the woman ugly, 
One of the insults against her looks is just calling her a transvestite, which lots of trans people find very offensive, including myself. Okay. Here's the mistake this viewer made. And I understand the argument, you know, of transgender and transvestite. And I, I totally understand and I support that. Why are you using a random number generator to pick different South Park episodes to watch? I don't get that. Uh, let's read a couple positive reviews. Music Penguin wrote... There are not many South Park episodes that I agree with more than this one. People overinterpret may art, many art forms, situations, and issues in ways that were completely unintended by their creators. The world is full of people who do and say offensive and disgusting things without always having a deeper meaning that they were trying to portray. For instance, the likes of Human Centipede and a Serbian film were not written for any other purpose than for shock value, but some have interpreted it that way. This episode takes a look at how much of society tries to find deeper meaning in obscene works of literature that is vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. Alright, let's do one more, and it is going to be from Gangsta Hippie, who wrote, after the mediocre sexual healing, the tale of Scrody McBoogerballs is once again another excellent South Park episode. The plot revolves around the age-old issue of controversial novels. The boys get assigned to read Catcher in the Rye for school. They dislike the fact, but after hearing that the book is controversial, they are excited. They then find the book is not actually controversial at all, especially for today's standards. So Stan, Kyle, Carmen, and Kenny decide to write the most disgusting novel of all time. They do so, and despite the fact that everybody who reads it throws up, they love the book. Excuse me. The boys just meant to be as gross as possible. However, everybody else keeps analyzing the deeper meanings of the novel and praising it. The boys thought they would be in trouble for writing it, so they use Butters as a scapegoat. Therefore, he gets all the fame and glory. The episode also pokes fun at actress Sarah Jessica Parker. The episode raises the questions. Should we ban disgusting novels? And what, if any, are the deeper meanings of them? There have only been two episodes so far, but if Trey and Matt continue like this, the season will for sure be great. So kind of a split, uh, split review here. With this episode, there are those that like it, and there are others that aren't big fans of it. And I think that's perfectly fair. I mean, I'm kind of in the middle on this. There were a couple, there were a couple jokes that were good, um, but there were others that just didn't really hit with me. So, kind of a fair, kind of a fair thing. Alright, that's going to do it for this episode. You guys can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. And you can join our Facebook group at SharksPond, a South Park podcast. Next time around, going to be reviewing probably one of the more popular South Park episodes of all time. Medicinal Fried Chicken. That is the next episode on SharksPond, a South Park podcast as we are so close, so close, to episode 200. Oh boy. Thank you all for tuning in. 
I'm Bill. Hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll talk to you all next time.